Hello everyone and welcome back to the Heavy Hearts Show. This is Michael. Wanted to share with you guys a movie idea that I came up with that, you know, probably will... I don't know anyone in the movie industry and I don't have millions of dollars to budget that. But I do have a movie idea and uh, might as well just share it with you guys. <laughs> so so this, the, the movie goes like this. There is, well, the movie opens up, and I'll give you a Cliff Notes version of the story. But the movie opens up, it's a mother holding her child, and the child is a newborn baby, a newborn baby daughter. And we don't know their names yet or anything, we just see this glowing pink and white bright room, and the mom is cradling her baby. We can't really make out the features of the mom's face yet because that's because she represents all moms and the baby represents all daughters. Uh, so, but either way, uh, that's the first scene, and you hear like chattering of people in the background, but it's blurred uh, and dulled because it's really not what's important. The focal point, the, f- the spotlight, is on the mom and the daughter. And it's a beautiful, tender moment. So, scene cuts. And now we're a few years ahead. And it's Cecilia in the early years of elementary school. And she's having a great time. um, Mostly because of the bond she shares with her mom. Her and her mom are inseparable. She'd rather hang out with her mom than her friends even. She looks forward to leaving school to see her mom. It's a very good bond that they have. Almost too good, perhaps, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but, um, but I won't say too good. You know, it's, it's just good. And they're bonding and everything. And we see, and again, this is the Cliff Notes version, but we see Cecilia being... She's a kind of person who, in these early years, turns the other cheek. Um, She'll stand up when there's no other room on the bus, and things of that nature. She she tries to live up to what her mom does, basically. So, of course, she's going to be very kind and sweet. Her mother, I should mention, is um, named Faith. And she is a stay-at-home mom, and the father is Jabez, who is a pastor. Um, their names have significance. If you look up uh, the n- meaning of those names, you'll probably get a gist of where the story is heading. But regardless. Um, so, fast forward a little bit, and... You know, Cecilia and her mom have been having a great go at life, <clears throat> and they're going to a, uh, they went to a field to, like, go play, and there's a bunch of dandelions in the field, and so they're all, they're racing to pluck the dandelions and blow them away, so who, whoever can do it the fastest, I guess, they're having this, like, joke uh, com- contest. And it's a bird's eye view uh, time lapse where we just see the dandelions start fading off the field. And there they are gathered around the last dandelion on the field. 
and, um, you know, maybe it won't be the last, because I might be too unrealistic <laughs> to pluck every single dandelion, but after a while, um, they sit down and they're talking, and Cecilia asks her mom if she's going to live forever. Not if Cecilia's going to live forever, but if her mom's going to live forever. And her mom, Faith, just chuckles, you know, heartily. And the camera fades up into the sky. Now, cut. Now, that's the act, that's act one. So now we're getting into act two. So, boom, here we are. We're on the bus. We're on the school bus. Or the field trip bus, I should say. Cecilia is now in middle school, let's call it, around that age. And she's, so she's starting to think for herself, or she's at the age where she can conceive of things for herself. She's starting to think for herself. And she's on a field trip on the way home. And this is, the story, I should mention, is based in the 1950s. So there's no cell phones, there's really, you just hear word of mouth, and if something happens, you know, you, there's no cell phones, let's just put it that way. That's pretty much the main reason why it's based in the 1950s, is because they can't have cell phones, otherwise the plot won't really make much sense, because it would be, you know, be a, it would be a, cell phones would be a solution. But anyways, um, so... Here's Cecilia on the bus ride home, and, you know, she's, she's a little more, she's not, like, a little girl anymore, but, well, she is, but she's not, like, you know, um, as, as, like, wide-eyed, maybe, is the best way to put it. She's a little bit more, you know, she's a, she's a middle schooler. Middle school sucks, you know, excuse my language, but middle school's not a fun time, so, her bond with her mom can only be so good. You know what I mean? These would be notes for the actress. <laughs> Is that, that's, that's kind of like where she's at. Where Cecilia's at. But she's just as ever looking forward to seeing her mom. Especially because she's been on a field trip for the last week or so. So, she's on the bus right home. And one of her classmates asks, What did you learn on the field trip? Like, is there any takeaway? And Cecilia basically shrugs and says, nah, not really. And that is important. That is a, that is a, just take note of that. That's Cecilia, even though things are going well, she's not really a thoughtful person. She's satisfied or satiated, but she's not thinking. And that's why earlier I said her bond was almost too good, maybe, because she kind of is worshiping her mom. Um, but anyways, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, she's like, eh, I don't know, I didn't really learn much. And that's it. So, she gets home, and, oof, there's four police cars in the driveway. And her father, Jabez, is talking to a police officer. And they're waiting for Cecilia to come home. She comes home, yes, of course. She goes inside. And the and her father sits her down with the officers in the room with her. So the officers are kind of like hovering 
not in a malicious way, but it's just meant to symbolize that whatever's happening right now, it's, it's, something is changing, change is afoot, this is not the loving home that she left a week ago, this is now invaded by some strangers who are all in their business, and she's about to find out why that is. Now, tragically, her father reveals that Faith, Cecilia's mother, has gone missing. She went missing the day that Cecilia went on the field trip without a trace. There is not a strand of hair to be found. She truly vanished without a trace. Cecilia is devastated, utterly devastated, of course. She doesn't want to hear it and she, over the next short span of time while they're still rescuing, she ponders that question, how could someone just, how could there be no trace? How could someone disappear without a trace? And remember that question. Now, I'm going to try and fast forward the story a little bit, because there are some details that could be added here um, for character development's sake, but we'll just, we'll just do a fast forward through the next leg of the story till we get to the conclusion. So, Cecilia uh, does not seek resolution for this problem. It's been a while, so after about a week or so of searching, the search and rescue team over time becomes more and more limited, and they're they're spending less and less resources and as and eventually they just completely stop looking it, it goes in as a cold case she's just a missing person now Cecilia is and again this is a fast forward but she's back in school she's no longer standing up for anyone else on the bus she's taking that seat she's not turning the other cheek she's she's punching you twice as hard back she's not a she's not meek anymore let's just put it that way and it's under everyone understands you know she's going through a lot but nonetheless many people in her life come up to her and this is basically a summary of the next leg of the story many people in her life including her father potentially a teacher in uh, definitely a love interest named Nathan and and another character who we will meet very soon. So, these characters all come to Cecilia with different answers to her question. How could someone just disappear without a trace? Or, is life just so unfair? One could, one could say she's at, it's a very pregnant question she's asking. She's not merely asking... How could someone go missing without a trace? She's asking, how can God allow for, for someone to go missing without a trace? Which is a bad question to ask, but I should mention Cecilia is not a role model. She's the main character, but she's not a good guy. She's not a bad... She's, she's not... I'm not the one who says she's good or bad, but she's definitely not a good guy. She's definitely not living up to the standard of what humans are called to do, which is to glorify God and to trust in him regardless. But I'm spoiling too much. 
But you guys probably got that that was kind of a theme here, was faithlessness versus faithfulness. So anyways, these various, uh, these various individuals in her life approach her. First, the father on multiple occasions. He's often spotted reading out of Job, which if you know the book of Job, um, it's, I'll just leave it there. I encourage, if someone doesn't know, it would explain a lot about this story, but Job is the more important story, but anyways. So, after these failed runs at her father, her love interest, her teacher, uh, her guidance counselor, her guidance counselor tries to help her, but in a very, uh, like, lazy way. And Cecilia basically leaves while the guidance counselor's turned around. Um, Nathan, the love interest, he keeps trying and trying, but she's, she's not given anything. She's not budging at all, not looking, him at, not looking him in the eyes or anything, or even really talking to him much. Um, but he is a believer, and Nathan is trying to get her to understand that these things can happen for a reason. Though we may not ever know the reason in this life, that's the faith is in, like faith is involved in just trusting. It's not about knowing. If you if we knew, it wouldn't be faith. Things like that, you know, all, pulling out all the stops. That's what the people are doing in her life. And Cecilia doesn't want to hear it. Now, um, at one point, I should. I'm going to rewind real quick because this is kind of a key detail. When she first found out that her mother was missing, she ran off for for a few hours. And while she was running, she passed the church and she spits on the ground. Um, she doesn't say any words, but the audience would know that this is where her anger is directed towards. It's not so much towards her dad or anyone else. Her ang- she's, she's rebelliously angry at... God, and that's basically what's happening, that's the underlying current in her life, so, time to wrap this story up, okay, so, final leg of the, of this, of the book, Jabez tries one last time to get through to Cecilia, because Cecilia has become more and more depressed, she's become more and more, uh, despairing, and, borderline crazy. She's just, she's, she would rather be insane than look truth in the eye. It's, it's not, it's a, it's a fool's errand that she's running, but she's running it full-fledged. So, uh, the father obviously fails at this last attempt to get through to her, and so much so that Cecilia runs off for real this time. She's had it. She's she's about to turn 18 years old and has less than no interest in hearing any of this anymore. She feels like, ah, finally I can just go off, you know, and just leave aimlessly. The audience knows it's aimless, but Cecilia doesn't even stop to think about that. So, she runs off. She leaves her phone at home because, again, she's not really thinking straight. So she doesn't even bring her phone. She doesn't bring anything, really. Any belongings. She just leaves. Thinking, you know, it's maybe a good idea. 
She gets a long ways out of her neighborhood. Her father assuming that she'll make her way back as she has done this before. But worried, but he's he's waiting. And Cecilia finds a main road. And on that main road is a trucker. A lady trucker. This is the new character that I was saying we were going to meet. This lady is driving the 18-wheeler. Um, she's on a route to Maine from Virginia. That's where Cecilia's from. That's that's the working location. I think she'll be from Virginia. Um, and so the truck driver, she's, she's uh, taking her route to Maine. And she picks up Cecilia. Because Cecilia is just this girl on the side of the road. It's not look, looking good. So, lady truck drivers like it's better me than someone else so she picks up she didn't say that but she picked that we just assume that's the case it's kind of a motherly instinct going on and so the truck driver proceeds to patiently listen to cecilia rant for hours about her entire life and about how none of it was fair And everyone just, you know, uh, pandered or didn't tell her the right things. And she didn't care anymore and all these things, right? She's just letting it all out. She's never really vented like this, but she's like, yeah, why not? So she vents, lets it all loose. And the truck driver lady, she's not saying anything. She's very patient and she literally says nothing. For the entire day while they're on the road. And Cecilia's going off, going off. Now it's starting to be nighttime. So the bus drive I mean the truck driver is like, okay, I gotta I gotta pull over, get some sleep. So she pulls over, notifies Cecilia what's going on, she needs to rest. So she says Cecilia's free to leave if she likes. Um or If she prefers, she can definitely sleep in the uh, truck and they can carry on with their journey the next morning. Cecilia says, okay, thank you. And um, the lady lady truck driver says, no problem. Goes to the back, uh, like bed, like the bunk area in in the truck. And the lady truck driver pulls out a copy of the Bible and starts reading it. And Cecilia is disgusted by this. She's disgusted by someone of faith thinking that they're irrational or um, brainwashed or weak or whatever the case may be. She is repulsed, and she's also repulsed that all this time she's been venting about all these people of faith in her life to who she thought was another person who thought like she did, and all the while it was just another person of faith. She, in a, she throws a fit, she leaves the truck. So now Cecilia... And sorry, guys, I, I am tired, but I am going to power through the rest of this story because I want to share it with you guys. This is the ending, and I hope it was worth it. So the ending is... Cecilia gets out of the truck, 
She is now in Maine. She doesn't really know it because she doesn't have her phone. But she is in Maine on the side of the road on some no-name road. And it's just a road in woods. So she decides, I'm going to take a hike. So she turns onto the wooded area. And there's a pretty large trail. It could basically fit a car. Cars presumably do go on it frequently. So no big deal. I mean, it's not I, it's not perfect, but at least she's not lost, lost. She's on a clear trail. But she's also very emotional and very distraught. So she's not really paying very much attention, but we are. Uh, the audience is seeing how the trail she's on is gradually becoming thinner and thinner. The bushes around it are growing and they're not growing in real time, but they're as she goes along the trail, the bushes are larger and the greenery is more profuse. So she eventually notices this and kind of just, she shrugs it off. She cares, but doesn't know anything else. So she shrugs it off and continues walking in despair and confusion. And it's, and it's starting to drizzle. So she's you know, she still has some sanity. She'd like to find some kind of cover from the rain because it's unpleasant. And what do you know? There it is. There's a tunnel or a cave of some sort. And it's about 50 feet away in the woods. So she starts making her way there. The camera follows her over her shoulder. And as she approaches closer and closer, Boom, she's about to turn into this cave and the camera angle switches to from inside the cave. And we see Cecilia at the entrance of this cave and she takes out her lighter so she can see what's going on. She flicks the lighter, the flame comes on and she can see the wall of the cave. And there's something on it. And it grips her attention. And we don't see what it is. But we do see that the cave is in fact a train tunnel. Because we can see, though it's nighttime and raining, and Cecilia has this one source of light, she's only holding it up to the wall. Because she is truly entranced at whatever is on that wall. It's kind of, imagine if someone's seen Pulp, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, uh, imagine the draw of the suitcase, whatever was in that suitcase. That's kind of what's happening to Cecilia with what's on the wall. She's so drawn in. And we're curious, but at the same time, you kind of assume it's meaningless because, like, Cecilia's all of a sudden so drawn to something in the blink of an eye, it seems doubtful. So it's probably just, you know, something, another distraction. Let's just put it that way. But Cecilia is amazed nonetheless. She is looking at that wall up and down. Not all the way down, because she would see that these are in fact train tracks. And she should not be in this. But she doesn't see. So she continues holding the lighter up to the wall and is going further into the tunnel 
to see further what is written on this wall or what is drawn on this wall. The scene switches over to the father and in real time, he is starting to worry. So he begins making calls for a missing person, AKA deploying a search and rescue team. So the father, Jabez, is now deploying a search and rescue team for the second time in his life. The first was for his wife, Faith, now for Cecilia. Like I said in the beginning of the story, this is a tragedy, this is a sad story. I don't know if I did mention that. That might have been in the past recording, so sorry guys. But this is a tragedy. But if there's a lesson in it, there is a moral to the story, but it's not a happy ending. Things don't end well. Let's just put it that way. Um, but regardless, Cecilia, we cut back to Cecilia, and she's quite a ways down the tunnel now. She's probably about 100 yards down. She's, she's pretty far. She's too far down. And she's still looking at the wall, but the lighter, the flame is kind of weak now. And she's frantic. She's still, she's starting to freak out. She's like, I, uh, she's like a, go- she's a golem. And golem found, and maybe not that severe, but that um, senseless. And that she's just, like, this was the last resort. Like, this is what she needs. And she keeps flicking the light. And that's supposed to mean that, you know, there is something that she really does need, but she neglected it all this time. So she is, in fact, in need, but she's just satiating that need with things that aren't really fulfilling it. So, anyways, <laughs> I really am dragging the story on. I'll get, I'll finish it up right now. The lighter starts to go out. She flicks it several times. Flick, 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 boom. On the sixth flick, representing her at her allegiance to the devil, to be completely blunt, because she never had faith. On the sixth flick of the lighter, a light comes on, but it is not the lighter. It is a train light. Cecilia, in this last moment, we see her realize something as the train light shines on her face. We don't see the train make impact or anything like that, because that's not the point. It's not a horror story or gore story. But we see her face come to some realization, some sudden realization. Now, credits roll as, and I'll explain what the story is supposed to mean, but you guys probably do get it. Credits roll, and it is a bird's eye view of the search and rescue team searching Cecilia's hometown for her in Virginia. Cecilia is has been hit by a train in Maine in a tunnel that runs through the woods. She's not to be found. She doesn't have a phone. But what was the question that Cecilia always asked and used as an excuse? To never face faith and to never acknowledge the truth. She said, 
how could someone just go missing? That was, that was her original excuse. And that was the question she always asked and people always offered answers to, and she always rejected all the answers. And in that last moment, when the train light came on, she noticed, oh, that's how someone can go missing without a trace. I just did that myself. So that's the end of the story. Um, I know it's sad, but it's supposed to be a warning that we never know more than God does. And, and there's something noble and the, 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 pe- like the wisdom of the world will scoff at this. And I tell them to keep scoffing, uh, carry on. But there is something very noble to, or extremely noble, to just trusting in God. And it's not foolish because look at creation. We couldn't even begin to copy what God has pulled off. Or not pulled off, but accomplished in creation with the birds and the fish and everything in it. To assume that we know better than him just wrong and ultimately leads to a depraved mind. It leads to destruction and it leads to a life like Cecilia's. Maybe not quite as tragic, um, poetically speaking, but perhaps even more so. Who knows? Um, and who knows if Cecilia had a conversion at that last moment. That's for the audience to determine. Um, I would like I would, if someone walked away from the story and said, you know, Cecilia actually, at the last moment, came to realize that she was wrong, and she trusted in her savior, who she knew about from her father and her mother, I would say, cheers to you, I like that ending, that's, I'm fine with that, so, that's the end of the story, I hope you guys liked it, um, there's no real title for it, I was gonna call it O. But that's kind of cheesy, so maybe something better. Or maybe just, I don't know. But uh, that's the story. And uh, let me know if you guys like it. I mean, if you got, if any of you uh, who are listening makes films, it would be a pretty uh, low budget. Um, but I, I don't expect it. So that's why I shared it with you guys. And uh, that's all. Hope you guys have a good one. Peace.